But right now we're going to talk about training camps and opening up in the NFL. Brad Spielberger covers the NFL for Pro Football Focus. He now joins us. Brad, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for doing this as always. Um, I must tell you I'm confused about the Deshaun Watson situation. They, they had that meeting. So what's next now in that saga? So it sounds like both sides presented their argument, uh, made their cases in front of the disciplinary officer, Sue Robinson, and now she wants them to submit some type of kind of closing argument or, or final brief um, by June 11th is the date for that. And then after that date, she's going to take some time, you know, look at all the facts, gather all the evidence, and then ultimately make her decision of should there be discipline and then how long that discipline will be. Uh, I would expect something has to happen here. And I, and don't you think it might be some kind of lengthy, even though there was a settlement by some involved in, in the lawsuit against him? In, in your crystal ball, Brad, what do you see here? So I think the big thing here and the big argument that the NFLPA has made is that in the personal conduct policy, it says in plain language that owners and executives will be held to a higher standard and face stricter punishment than that of players. And so the NFLPA is saying, well, you say this in the policy that we're currently discussing this case under. You know, it's not really looking at the, the law. It's their own policy. And then they're saying, look, Robert Kraft got in trouble for a similar incident, you know, at a massage parlor, almost the exact same set of facts. Yes, it was one person, not, you know, 26 plus. They said you have Dan Snyder with the commanders who has a new sexual assault allegation come out of that building seemingly every every week. Um, you know, go, go down the list. There was an issue with the Dallas Cowboys where one of their executives was filming, you know, without knowing, without the cheerleaders knowing, was filming them and, and sending around video. So, and none of those places really face significant suspensions or, or major fines or major punishments. So I think that's their way of arguing. How can you then give an indefinite suspension or a full season suspension because you're not even following your own policy? As training camps open up, uh, the three Florida teams, you know, certainly Tampa is right there. Miami may be close. The Jags have been so bad for so long. With a new coaching staff, Brad, do you think there's hope for improvement? I do. I think Doug Peterson is probably the biggest upgrade. Of course, you know, coming from Urban Meyer, anyone was going to be an upgrade both on and off the field. But I think he resembles a massive upgrade, just brings a lot of stability to this building, a known winner, a proven winner, a guy players like to play for and, and people like to work with. Um, obviously, it's a tumultuous ending in Philadelphia, but I think he has more control in Jacksonville and will not you know, use it to, for, for negative reasons. I do. And there's going to be a lot of room for improvement that Trevor Lawrence will take that next step, has a better offensive line protecting him, has more weapons to throw the ball to. Travis Etienne returning, I think, will be big as a guy he has familiarity with from college and a good checkdown option in case he does get you know, pressure in his face. I think there is reason, maybe they're not going to make the playoffs, but reason for optimism going forward in Jacksonville. If, if Trey Lance is the future in San Francisco, why are they holding on to Garoppolo? 
It sounds like his election to get shoulder surgery has delayed everyone else in going ahead and sending trade offers. And they're not just going to give him away for free, right? They think he is worth, you know, there were suggestions maybe they wanted a first-round pick. They're not going to get a first-round pick for him. But, you know, maybe a day-two pick is what they think is his worth. And that if no one forks that up, maybe they will consider reworking his contract or or finding a middle ground and keeping him around as a really, really high-end backup that, Maybe a team gets desperate for and trades at the trade deadline or something like that. But this surgery has delayed everything, has slowed the process, has scared some teams away. I still do think he is ultimately traded, you know, maybe before training camp starting in about three weeks. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, joining us here on Sports Scene, talking a little NFL as training camps set to open here uh, in the month of July around the NFL. Um, who do you think, Brad, on paper – from last year to this year, you look at a roster and go, man, I, I like the improvements that team made. Any A couple stick out to you? Definitely. I think one would be the Los Angeles Chargers. They were, you know, their defense had a lot of issues. They had some top-end players. Of course, Derwin James at safety and Joey Bosa on the edge. Now you add Khalil Mack as a secondary edge rusher opposite Joey Bosa. That might be the best edge rushing tandem in the NFL this season, and maybe we've seen in a couple of years now. Two very, very elite players on the edge. They also had issues. They got gashed in the run game up the middle. They go ahead and add Sebastian Joseph Day from the Los Angeles Rams, a stout nose tackle that has familiarity with head coach Brandon Staley, and Austin Johnson, who's bounced around a couple teams recently, another good player on the interior. And then finally, you, you sign the biggest cornerback in free agency in J.C. Jackson, a guy that can help everyone else in that secondary kind of settle in and their role they're better fit for. Michael Davis is more of a number two corner, was playing number one corner last year. They, they just, that entire defense got a lot better. And then I love their first-round pick in Zion Johnson, the guard out of Boston College, was my favorite interior offensive lineman in this year's draft class. I think they have made substantial improvements on both sides of the ball and should be a really competitive team next year. Wow, that's interesting. Um, last couple of things, Brad. When you look at you know Cincinnati, Kansas City, and the AFC teams that are right there, do you see anybody taking a tumble, maybe a playoff team from a year ago that maybe won't make the playoffs this time around? Yeah, you know, I think you could. It might be an easy answer to say the Cincinnati Bengals. We've seen these kind of playoff, excuse me, the Super Bowl hangover, especially for the team that loses. But I do not think they're going to fall up that far, even though I do think the Baltimore Ravens will be healthier and it'll be a more competitive AFC North. The team I'm looking at is the Tennessee Titans. You know, I think trading away your number one wide receiver in A.J. Brown, they go ahead and cut Julio Jones. I like the selection of Traylon Burks, the Arkansas wide receiver in the first round, but it sounds like he came into camp out of shape. He also has asthma. He can't even stay on the practice field. You know, he can't even make it through a practice. They traded for Robert Woods from the Rams, but he's coming off a torn ACL, probably won't be healthy in the early parts of the season. Uh, there's just a lot of holes and a lot of questions all over this offense. The offensive line raises question marks. Derrick Henry also coming off an injury. Um, they're the team, I think, that does not make the playoffs out of the AFC after being the one seed last year. Final question, <clears throat> and this kind of re- goes to an earlier one, but because Jacksonville falls in this. You, you mentioned that the, the hire of Peterson was good. Is there a another traditionally bad team? Detroit comes to mind, for example. Uh, The Jets, my Jets, certainly come to mind. Do you see those woe-be-gone franchises with new coaches and, in some cases, new front offices 
getting better? Do you see the arrow pointing up with with organizations like that? Those two were going to be the two that I mentioned if you kept it open-ended, 100%. I think Detroit Lions understand how to go about this rebuild. They're being patient. They, they, they didn't spend a ton of free agency this year. They're building through the draft. They've obviously had extra draft capital with the Matthew Stafford trade. I think general manager Brad Holmes has done a great job already through two draft classes in adding top-end talent and difference-making players, and the Jets as well. They did spend in free agency. They had the three first-round picks, but they didn't break the bank. They didn't sign any C.J. Mosley-type guys. Just, you know, smart acquisitions. I like Lake and Tomlinson at left guard. I like bringing in both tight ends and C.J. Uzama and Tyler Conklin. Both of those guys individually were more productive than the entire Jets tight end room was last year. So wow. I think both of those teams are trending in the right direction. Last question. Uh, the thought process was since Peyton Manning left in Denver, they were a quarterback away from being good. Well, now they get Russell Wilson. So will are they going to be good with Russell Wilson? I, 100%. I think this roster was loaded on both sides of the ball. Some question marks up front on their defensive line. They're going to need Bradley Chubb, their former first-round pick, to be healthy. But a good player went healthy, and then they obviously added Randy Gregory from the Dallas Cowboys, who is coming off of surgery but is expected to be ready sometime around week one. And then, yes, on the offensive side of the ball, I think Portland Sutton, the wide receiver, is going to be one of Russell Wilson's favorite targets he's ever played with. He's a great downfield, jump ball, go up and get it, contested catch receiver. That's exactly what Russell Wilson excels at at doing, and that's what Sutton is great at. I I think they're going to be a contender right away in the AFC. Wow, great stuff. Brad, where can people see your work? What's coming up on Pro Football Focus? Yeah, you can come work at pff.com, and I'm currently releasing my favorite move in the offseason for every single team. So start with the AFC and then the NFC. So keep an eye out for that and, and, and break down everything I like that every team did this offseason. Wow. You know, it just seems like we were talking about football games yesterday, and all of a sudden training camp's going to open up for the new season. So we will get you back, and we'll always appreciate your time. Thank you. Sounds good. Thank you. You got it, Brad. I think he does a great job covering the NFL. Brad Spielberger covering the NFL from Pro Football Focus.